waiting so much waiting and now we have to wait three more days yeah so but maybe with three days well worth it it's like christmas yep and uh, with that we're back so once again we're here i'm extremely tired due to my morning really early early morning show being a radio star now yeah oh my gosh so i put it out there on twitter and facebook the uh i was on the Mohol show with Randy Moldman, who does like the PA announcing for Mizzou football and a bunch of other uh, uh, colleges and some other stuff. So, yeah. and he has his own show on 920. It's also on InsideSTL.com. And uh, I've put a link to the Facebook page where the audio can be found. So, hopefully, you guys can listen to that to my early morning adventures at 518 this morning. Dude, so. I, I did morning radio as an intern for two years, and it's brutal. I, I I have all respect for the people who do morning show radio as a career because getting up that early, I'm just not a morning person. I can't do it. Yeah, I, I, did, I got to that, and then I kind of laid back down on the couch for like 10 minutes, and then, uh-huh. then I got up, and I'm like, if I don't get up now, I'm going back to sleep. Yep. So I got up and got moving, and everything's, you know. So it worked out to be really, really well. So... We are going to go over the rest of the games, uh, regular season games. The final week. Yep, where I think went really well. Do a little blues news, I guess. Yep. And uh, then we will get into our blues playoff preview against. Man. We'll, we'll foreshadow slightly here. The blues will be playing the Minnesota Wild. Is probably already out there. but And then we'll, we'll do also do a quick uh, uh, shot at every series and give our predictions sure. on that. But our predictions will be held off one more day, an extra day. So we'll be on the we'll let that out of the cat out of the bag again. We'll be on the John and Kane show once again Thursday morning. It'll be Thursday morning. So uh, it'll be a pod, probably be on podcast form later that day. But go ahead and listen live that morning on your way to work. It's on the uh, Indio Radio dot com. I think it's also on the TuneIn Radio app. Yep. So you can listen on the way to work on your car and be good to go. We will give you our in-depth Blues Wild breakdown at that time. Yep. So we're going to go through all that, but we're going to go ahead and do some of it now. So sure. let's get into the games. Last time we left you, it was right before the big Easter Sunday you know, game against the Chicago Blackhawks. And, of course, national TV. Well, it always spells bad times for the Blues. And the Blues just <laughs> It's always bad. And I don't know why, but it, national TV has always been bad times. So, Except for this time. Yes. So the Blues are uh, going against the Blackhawks here. And mind you, still down uh, two key guys. Correct. Excuse me. Steen and Tarasenko are still injured. Yep. And the, uh, the Blackhawks are, skating, are still without Kane. And they're still without Kane. And that changed today. But uh, we won't get into that news a little bit later. So... Blues start off. I thought that went really well, except for we have. Well, let's for let's say Jake Allen is in nets again. Correct on a very good streak, playing extremely well. Um, Blues defense didn't start off the best um, with the breakaway on Andrew Shaw and Brandon Bolig. Yeah, two on zero, which is Brandon, very rare. Excuse me, uh, Brian Bickle, not Brandon Bolig. He hasn't played Chicago this year. Correct. Um, so everything is. I think the Blues actually played really, really well this period, except for one play by Mister T.J. Oshie. Yeah, that was just you know that's one of those plays where 
you don't a you don't take that pass on your backhand, and b it was just kind of a very careless play right at the line, uh, and just turned it over and really kind of hung Allen and the defense out to dry. And that's Chris Verstig at fourteen twelve. His fourteenth year for Marion Hosa, who intercepted the pass. Correct. So it's getting to the second period, and the Blues get on the board finally at the six oh seven mark. Uh, David Backus gets his 26th of the year from Jaden Schwartz and Kevin Shattenkirk on the power play. As more of I read this, I believe we went over this last I week. I think we did too because I kind of remember us and talking about uh, the Schwartz pass. That's what I'm And the Olyoka to goal. Yes. So, All right. So should we just fast forward? We could edit this out? Ellie, no, no, we won't edit it out. All right. <laughs> Ellie scores and the Blues wound up holding on 2-1 to one for the victory. Jake y- Allen's awesome. And, Correct. You guys uh, remember this from the last podcast. And go back and listen to that and enjoy. So... <laughs> So let's get into our week's games this week. Right. <laughs> As you can see, I'm very lucid today. Um, I The thing that I think surprised me, the, not surprised me the most about this game, uh, but was surprising was that Jake Allen was back in net again uh, against Winnipeg. I, I figured that he would play the upcoming game against Chicago, uh, but at this point I really still thought that, um, he would, that they would put Elliott and Nett against the Winnipeg Jets. Yep. In this game, the Blues, I believe, I think played really, really well. Yeah. Um, Andre Pavlik is not playing like Andre Pavlik of past. No, he's really not. I mean, remember, what are we, three, four weeks removed from, from him jet, giving from, up that whiff? Yeah. And since then, he's gone 10-2 and two since that goal. You know what's amazing about this is, and I think I said it at the time of that game, was uh, I, I really thought that was going to be a backbreaker for the Jets, and you were going to see them wilt away. And it really did the exact opposite. It kind of refocused them, and they went on a hell of a run. Yeah, so this game was very back and forth in the first period, even in shots. Uh, unfortunately, in the second period at 231 mark, Chris Thornburn gets his seventh of the year from Jim Slater and Adam Party. Pretty much just a uh, kind of a broken play, and then the Blues are in front of the net. Just don't really clear it, and Thorberg puts it just underneath uh, Jake Allen's pad, and uh, you know it's a big scrub in front of the net. It's a it's a ugly goal, but you know what? More times than not, those end up being the playoff goals too. Yep. So I mean, a shot from point is technically blocked by Ott. He's hurt. A little, uh, excuse me. Uh, Slater comes in and gets the puck while sitting here in the slot. Unfortunately, no Blues players are around there, and uh, Shattenkirk can't corral Thornburg in front. So yeah. The Blues had tons of chances the rest of the way. I mean, uh, Pavlik played really, really well, I think, and just nothing going for the Blues, and they lose one nothing here. So Pavlik, with, he just shut out the Wild before this game, and also after this game, uh, lost in a shootout the next game, but a one nothing shootout. Yeah. So he had three shutouts in a row going into, uh, and then he, the last game of the year he shut out. So he's still on a shutout streak. <laughs> I mean, we, we should talk about the um... – the Paul Stasny called off goal. Um, yeah, that's true. We'll get at the that. time, I really thought that it was a bad call. The more I watch it, I get why it was called a penalty. I still think it was a soft penalty, and I don't think that you know that's something that would be called every game. Um, you know, and it's it, it's it's a bummer because I really you know that is that right there could be the one point that puts the Blues. Uh, far enough ahead of everybody else to ice things. Instead, we get no points that game. Yeah, so basically the play is um, the shot is blocked at a point by a combination of Oshie and Stastny, and the puck Correct. bounds to the other side of the ice where Steve Ott takes off, makes a very good pass 
to uh, great pass to Stasny, who's streaking to the middle. But a penalty is called for slashing on Stasny. Uh, basically, as he was getting ready to get his stick down, I ca- I call it a stick battle. I do too. I by the by the rule of the book in the NHL, it is a penalty because he tried. It looked like he tried to. Like impede like his play with his stick, and I, I get, get that. It. I get it. But how many times has that happened during? A well, game, I, that's what I was going to say. Like, worst how many penalties have happened during the? How many by the letter of the law penalties don't get called every game? You know, at some point you have. I think you have to look bigger picture, and you have to look at intent. You know, if the intent is to make a penalty, or if the intent is to, you know, it's just a hockey play. And really, with this one, I thought it was just a hockey play. I get that by the letter of the law, like you said, it's a penalty. But I don't know, man. That's the type of stuff that that being a random Wednesday night game, I'm not as upset about as I would be like, say that thing happens in the playoffs and that costs us a game, I would be hot about that. Yeah, I mean, we've already had a a technically lost potential point in the what two weeks ago in the Detroit game on the applicator goal which was a broken stick absolutely that should have been two man penalty and a no goal but yep. of course we're you know nothing happens there so the blues once again are playing the Chicago Blackhawks now we are at home correct very uh I was less tense this game than I was the other game I don't know why I was too and I think part of that had to do with the fact that the last half of that game in Chicago the Blues shut down Chicago. They really did. Like, like I've never seen Chicago shut down. Yeah, they had trouble getting like to the blue line and yep. you know, like carrying the puck over. Like instead of just absolutely dump and chase. Absolutely. And it, this, the start of this game felt like the end of the game prior, where it was just. I never really felt like the Hawks were going to score. Like, in games past, it was always, you know it's coming, when's it going to happen? And this one, I felt like the Blues not only maintained puck possession well, but did a phenomenal job of not letting Chicago really get set up in their offense. Yeah. So, I'm, I thought the uh, – and I thought Corey Crawford actually in the first game, the first game, this was played very well, too. I agree. And he played this game extremely well, too, that the Blues had a ton of chances in the first uh, notably at the end of the period where uh, Oshie, Oshie and yeah. Petrangelo had a very good exchange where Oshie cut to the middle and threw a shot low that he kicked out with about two, two and a half seconds left yeah. maybe. Of course he was falling down while he shot. Yeah, well, you know, there's no other way. But uh, the, So I think the main play in after that is uh, kind of a turnover in the neutral zone. And I thought uh, Yaskin, even though he got this goal here on this power play, he was all over the ice this game. Yeah, he had a really, think, really I good think game. Him and Berglund and Backus line is really kind of gelled. I agree, and I was kind of surprised by that. I really thought that was just a cobble together line that just like, all right, we'll see how it goes. And I tell you who else I thought was a stud in this game was Marcel Gotch. Yes, I think uh, actually Steve Ott as well has turned his game up as much as uh, a lot of people don't really like well, him at times for for who no, he, I agree. A, who he replaced and B his salary. Mm-hmm. Um but I think the last 2 weeks it seems like all of a sudden like a button's been fl- uh, flipped and he's just been really really played really well. And I think you could say that about everybody on this team. I think everybody is elevating their game. You know, you look at Berglund, Ott, all these guys who get called out on a regular basis like you were just saying have seemed to find this extra gear. 
And unlike last year where you had a Blues team that limped into the playoffs, this team really seems to be coming together and learning how to play as a unit at the right time. Yeah, so in the second period at 17-10, Dimitri Askin gets his 12th of the year on the power play from Bacchus and Petrangelo. So basically a shot from the point from Petrangelo. Bacchus deflects it slash maybe a little pass play. Yeah. And Yaskin is around the doorstep and backhands it in. And his celebration I thought was awesome. Jumping up against Jumping the, glass. the glass. Very Alex Ovechkin-esque. Did you see what he said after the game? No. He's like, I saw, he's like, I saw me do that when I, when I played Xbox, so I figured I'd try it. Ha-ha! <laughs> So nice. I thought that was kind of cool. That is one of the standard three celebrations in NHL 15. Yeah, so it jumped up against the glass, and it was pretty cool. So the Blues really, honestly, like, there is only maybe a couple of plays that are really, I thought, Allen was tested. I agree. The two-on-one, um, there was a turnover behind the net where he, they came in front, but, it, yep. but our defense kind of shut it down before it got anywhere. And unfortunately, the Barrett-Jackman play. That uh oh boy, where he had the puck and just like, but Allen makes at, the save as people as people say he Barry Jackman did he most certainly Barry Jackman did so he, um, uh, yeah so he wound up to uh, turn it over and luckily uh, Allen with a great stop on a yep. breakaway there these last four games have been everything that you could ask for in in this Blues team they've had good offense they've all pushed timely goals the defense has been stifling. The goaltending has been fantastic. It's exactly what you want to see from your team going into the playoffs. I really exact opposite I have, of last year. Going oh my god, the exact opposite. And you know, I I really I feel you know. I, obviously, we're we're homers. We, we're Blues fans, but it just feels like this team is peaking at the right time. Yeah, and that's you know that's why I have a different. Which I keep reading different articles, and of course now everybody wants to write about the Blues on on STL today. So of like course. Joe Strauss and all the guys. Well, it's you know that time. Uh, so basically, you would obviously have a different feeling and so on and so forth. Which that's how exactly how I feel. I feel like there is a, an air about this team that there is compared I mean, to the past. Like, even like last year, even the two years ago, going to the playoffs, like you think that this team just has this like confidence that no matter kind of what happens, like. Like, okay, we can come back. Like, there's times this year where we've watched games where they've been down, like the Dallas game like, oh, a couple man. weeks ago, where they're down 5-3 after they gave away the Last year, that, that, that team doesn't come back. That team folds, yeah. and it's 6-3, to three and we lose. This yep. year, they came back and won 7-5. to five. So, I'm, that's why I feel it's completely different. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I think that part of it might be the fact that there really wasn't a big um, trade deadline acquisition. So yeah, just a bunch of pieces, basically. Yeah, I mean, you filled a couple of small roles, um, but this team is healthy, and this team has been together long enough that there's no longer the all right. Well, this is how we play type of thing. You know, McCulloch has figured it out. Um, Bertuzzo's figured it out. Everyone that we've brought in now has had a chance now to play long enough with this team. Uh, even Jokinen. Uh, in his very limited play, I thought he played fantastic down the stretch. Yeah, he's in the games the that he was games in. After he's kind of got his footing, he yeah. seems like he's played well. Um, everyone on this team, to to use the phrase that Ken Hitchcock uses ad nauseum, it feels like everyone's bought in, and you know it it showed to me uh, extraordinarily in the two Chicago games, even the Winnipeg game we lost, but. 
the last game of the year, which we'll get to, is the Minnesota Wild game. Yeah, which which I want to say is like not a complete indicator, but at the same time, um, I was happy to see who we got back. So let's finish up I this agree. one real quick. At the 14.05 mark in the third period, Paul Stastny gets his 16th of the year from Schwartz and Kevin Shattenkirk on a three-on-one play. A Amazing. We scored on an out-of-band rush. Yeah, so nice play there, and Paul Stastny gets a goal, and he, that's a guy who's been heating up at the right yep. time. This is why we got him. That's why you paid the big money to get him here. So. Yeah, I mean, you didn't get him for games in, in, in October. You got him for games in April and May. Yeah, so uh, I think uh, – you know, after that injury, and I think it's finally kind of healed itself. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, I think that shoulder injury had what the third game of the year, or something, yep. third or fourth game of the year, and then he came back. Maybe too soon. Maybe it's just one of those things that linger, and either he's learned to deal with it or whatever. But and also maybe the line mates he has now. With, I think he's comfortable now with Oshie and Schwartz. I think and that line, according to let's see, today is the thirteenth uh, um, practice day. That line stayed together, even though with our guys back. So I don't know, man. I, I don't. We'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah. let's finish up this game. So it's 17-21, Andrew Shaw, his 15th of the year from Tivo, Tevo, Teravainen, and uh, Michael Roosevelt. And that was kind of just a two-on-one play on the stupid, stupid no-look drop passes. Uh-huh. That this is Petrangelo. This usually it's was, been plaguing this team for the last couple months. It was, it was Tarasenko was very guilty of doing it, and now he did it. And if he just moved it forward, that wouldn't have happened. Yep. And unfortunately, he didn't. So Jake Allen loses the shutout bid. He made the initial save on Tara Vina, but Shaw went to the net and tapped it in. So yet again, Jake Allen gets the Ryan Miller shutout. Correct. So last game of the year against the Minnesota Wild. So I thought it was uh, a lot of people are sitting out on both sides. A lot of people are sitting out. So they were- well, you know what's funny though is you look at Minnesota and the game before in Nashville, they set out Dubnik, they set out Parise, they set out Vanek. They sat out somebody. Palmaville, I think. Palmaville, I think. So, you know, you saw them sit people out in Nashville. They still won. Yep. Came into St. Louis. And only sat Suter and. I think just Suter and Palmaville. Palmaville, I think we're the only two that um, Because there was still an outside chance with this game. Had Minnesota beaten us and Chicago lost. They, they would have leapfrogged, yeah. and you would have been looking at a Nashville-Minnesota matchup and a Blues-Chicago matchup again. Yeah, which would have been nuts. So the first period, nothing. It was very much a very kind of, not boring, but mundane, I guess. That was a good word. You know, first period where nothing was really happening. Everybody's kind of getting their feet and kind of just trying to figure out like what's going on. I the think there was a lot of homework being done in that period. Everybody was kind of just doing their thing, and it seemed like, I mean, even Hitchcock said after the game foreshadowing, just he said like it was just a fun game because I think the Blues, structural wise, didn't put anything out there that they wanted them to see. Yeah, I, I agree. think they just kind of like not a run and gun per se, but they were just like, you know, go play, just kind of do your thing. You know, the he, Blues had a very pickup style of game to watch it. It seemed like very pickup style hockey. Like there wasn't really like we're going to run an offense or we're going to run a defense. It was just go out there. Guard your guy on defense and try to get open on offense. Yeah, it wasn't. There was the, it was the structure was there, but like outside of that, there's no. Yeah, real kind of like giveaways or anything. So, like I said, first period is really mundane. The second period we'll get into at the thirteen twenty seven mark. Dimitri Yaskin gets another goal. It's thirteenth of the year, thirteenth goal of the year, and this kid really didn't even start to out the you know with the team. And yeah, all about mid season. He only probably has like forty, maybe fifty games. So yeah, thirteen goals. That's awesome. So. Uh, I guess that from Jokinen and Berglund. 
Oh, great play. So uh, the Blues are sitting out Bacchus, yep. Oshie, Ott. Petrangelo, Ott, and Shattenkirk. Yeah. So Blues, but they are also um, have Tarasenko and Alexander Steen back. And Correct. And Robert Bortu- Bortuzzo is back Correct. as well. So substitute three guys out. And in Tarasenko, I thought it was very interesting comments he said in the paper where he's like, really, I don't need a game because last year I was out for like four weeks. Yeah. And I came back and jumped right into the playoffs. And, and scored four fine. goals. He didn't say that, but he like, jumped off and felt fine. So he's like, I don't need a game, but it's good to get back out there. So I think he was Absolutely, fine. man. And I, to be honest, they played more than I thought they would. I really thought that you would see Steen and Tarasenko's minutes really, really watched closely and limited. Yeah. And the they played period, more than the I thought. first period, they were a little like here and there, but it seemed like the Blues had a couple power plays in the second period. Yep. As we'll see here. At the uh, excuse me, at the 18 million mark, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko gets his 37th of the year off a great pass from Alexander Steen, who was along the boards. Yeah, and uh, Chris Butler, who was in this game. Yep, and, and, I mean Dubnik had no chance at this because you know Tarasenko catches it as he's cutting across the slot uh, and fires it right from the crease and just lasers it right past Dubnik, and that's the type of thing that when this team is clicking and they find each other like that. Uh, no one's going to stop them like this. Yeah, I was uh, I was a little surprised that uh, Dubnik was in. Honestly, I was I really thought that Kemperin, who actually wound up playing pretty decent, he let two goals in early in that Nashville game. Yeah, but they, they shut it down one four to two. So I mean, I was kind of surprised that uh, that kind of happened. But because Kemper hasn't played in what was it, like thirty something games, yeah, thirty eight games, I think, yeah. nine games. So I was kind of surprised. Maybe. Uh, I think Minnesota was trying to win this game more than the Blues were, to be honest. I think that Minnesota would have, I don't think necessarily preferred one matchup over another. I think it was more of a, hey, we've come this far. Let's see if we can get the extra two and jump Chicago. Um, But I also think once this game started to get out of hand, you could see Minnesota kind of revert to the let's not get anybody hurt mentality. Yeah. So, um, Blues are up 2 nothing here, and then about 51 seconds later, Marco Scandella gets his 11th of the year from Eric Halla and Matt Cook. So, this is a shot from the point. You can say it. You should have had it. I've watched this thing at least a dozen times. I think you should have And I put it out it. there on Twitter and asked some people what they thought. Uh, I think majority of people were okay with... Uh, saying it was Bortuzzo deflected or screened it, because as soon as, as, soon as this goal went in... Brian Elliott shot a stare at Robert Bertuzzo. I don't know if you saw the replay from I the did. one angle where he looked up and looked at Bertuzzo and just like, what that? Like, like seriously, dude? like almost looked like what the f, man. Which I was a little surprised at. It's like, listen, you know, like some people said it hit Bertuzzo in a way and deflected up off his glove. Other people said it didn't, and some people said he should have had it, and that's just the reason why, you know, so on and so forth. I was watching this game on a patio in a bar where there was a bit of glare on the TV, so. I didn't get to see the uh, the replay or you know really see it as clearly as maybe you guys did. To me, it looked like it was just a shot that that beat Elliott. Um, you know, if it did deflect off of Bortuzzo and he gave him that look, I'm sure that look is a dude. I'm fighting for my job, and you're effing me here. Yeah. So I'll read some of the responses that I put on Twitter. I said, "Who okay. do you think this is? Uh, is this uh, was it Bortuzzo? Was it should on Elliott?" So um, at Tom, let's say T H O M, Tom Master underscore STL. I'm sorry if I messed that up. Uh, totally 100% on boards. So he thought it was All right. Bortuzzo. So another person uh, is Dan Otten. It was uh, at Otten STL. 
He is, he says, Elliot, if he can't stop a shot from the blue line with one person in front of him, then he can't handle being purposely screened. That's kind of how I feel. Uh, another one says, uh, at a short stick at Illini Weck, 75. Tipped puck, Bortz needs to either stop it with the body or get out of the way. This has been Elliot's crappy luck lately. Uh, and another one, Bortuzzo, but Elliot, if this is from uh, Jim H. at Wheel, Wheel, Wheel. Yay, yay, yay. <laughs> Bortuzzo, but Elliot is weak up high generally. I agree with that. Uh, the another person is Mike Vaught, Voigt, V-O-G-T, uh, at Vaught Mike. Uh, Bortuzzo, those otherwise yearn for controversy. So, like, I guess that's yeah, no, I get what it. we're doing. There's, well, I, guy, there's a lot of people who want to bash Elliot. Uh, at sports underscore fanfare, just curious, when did you start following the Minnesota Wild and what made you like them? Random guy, and I said, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Block. I don't know <laughs> who that is. I don't care. You are hella lame. I don't even know what that meant. He was because it was just like I was asking who's like who do you think it right. was? I think it was just some dude trolling. Anyway, so I go with I. I'll have to watch it again. I'll be, I haven't watched the replay, and like I said, from from where I was watching this on TV, to me it looked like it just beat Elliot high. Initial reaction because it looked like Elliot was going with his glove, like he was just trying to glove it. Yep. Except maybe with the, with the body or whatever. Yep. I don't know. Um. For my initial reaction is Elliot, and then watching it, I can see if it did def- if it did deflect off Portuzo, it was very sure. slight. And if he was screened, maybe because, um, you know, I'm I have a habit of doing that to our goalie sometimes. Sure, <laughs> and I got yelled at. Yeah. Well, uh, but the, you know, I kind of, so I get it. So I'll say fifty fifty. The other thing, and I think this, you know, this, my normal stance on those things, right? Switzerland. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that you have pointed out that i've picked up on as well is it seems like lately elliot makes saves much harder than they need to be like trying to cross over with his glove or instead of just doing the simple save which is if it's blocker side block it to the corner or glove it cleanly or whatever it seems like he wants too. to like cross his body with his glove and or, Alan did that too because pang pointed it out in the yeah. chicago game he did the same exact thing where went across his body, and he could have just blockered it off into the corner, but he yep. reached across, and he didn't glove it. It popped out in front and caused like a kind of scramble in front right. of the to clear it. So both goalies, so I don't know if it's like a goaltending kind of thing now or whatever, but yeah, um, I don't know. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's fine. You know, I would, would I have loved to have seen Alan or uh, Elliot make that save? Yes. I'm not going to sit there and go that I was like, oh, it's okay. Because in the back of your mind, you were like, all right, here we go again. Um, I think Elliot did fine in this game. Yeah. So, like, I mean, he made a couple of good saves, too. So, there's one. He did. He made some. There's a stop it on the wild power play where yep. the puck was on the side and he stretched out and got it with his stick and uh, pad. Yep. As right, as right. Yeah, his right leg. So, it was really. So, he had good moments. So. Excuse me, Ken Hitchcock has got some things to think about. So let's finish this up real quick, and we'll get to our playoff preview. So right after the Scandella goal, 1931, Leori Laterra finishes off an awesome passing play between him, Steen, and Tarasenko for his 13th of the year from Steen and Tarasenko. So nice little passing play there. Totally. It was awesome. The Blues lead 3-1 to one going to the third period. And 5-0-3 on the power play, Leori Laterra gets his 14th of the year uh, unassisted. And then at the end of the game, where which by the way that goal, that was awesome. Where I just yeah the own goal, own goal by Minnesota goal, threw it in front for a pass, 
hit off of uh, I believe it was Nate Prosser who was, who was in Blues uh, camp at the beginning yep. of the year, and they lost to waivers too. Nate Prosser Thanks, scored Nate. on himself. Thanks, Nate Prosser. And then 1922, Zach Parise gets his 33rd of the year on the power play. This is where the Blues like start taking like hella penalties. Yeah, and we were down six. I think it was, I think it just went six to four. Yep, six on four. We were on six on three. And we were holding our own actually. But uh, Parise gets a nice pass from Michael Granlin and uh, another assist by Thomas Vanek. So Blues win four to two. Uh, technically, if you don't look at it, they tie for top amount of points. As Anaheim goes on to win that night and take yep. the top spot in the West, uh, they win in virtue of one more uh, one more regulation win. So, and I believe that I believe even if the Blues, um, let's say that it was tying regulation, uh, Anaheim won the series. I was going to ask so, if the, yeah, basically the, the Blues would have had to out they would have had to lose outright. Yep, or have more points than them is the only way we would have caught them. So the Blues finish up the year. So um, I'm overall thoughts for the Blues season. Solid season. Um, we won the Central, which I know is a big goal. Um, it was nice to see us, as opposed to last year, when we had such a big lead and coughed it up down the stretch, it was great to see us chase down Nashville and also hold off Chicago. Um, this team down the stretch uh, really seemed to come together. It had its periods both in the beginning of the year and then right after the All-Star break where I had concern. Um, but I think if you have to grade this team with a letter grade overall, I'd say you're looking at a B-plus to A-minus. Yep, that's pretty much what I would have probably given them to. So, uh, like I said, I think uh, it's been definitely a roller coaster season for sure. Sure. Which I think is almost better. I kind of like. I rather have a, there be trials and tribulations where they have to fight through that. I agree. So when there is time that that comes up in the next, hopefully two months, well, two and a half months that they're prepared mentally for agreed. If something happens. And look, you know, coming off of last season and the way the Blues went out, and we said this, you know, podcast one of this season, we're all just waiting for April to get here. You know, pretty much. That's it's what it's all about. You know, Blues fans aren't going to get excited anymore for games in December and January. We still like them, but the focus of this team now is no longer make the playoffs. That needs to be a given. That needs to be something that is expected every year. The goal of this team now is to win a Stanley Cup, and you know, you bring in these pieces like like Paul Stasny, Paul Stasny was not brought in to win you a game in November. Paul Stanley, Paul Stanley, sorry. Yeah, we have the guy from Kiss now. Uh, Paul Stasny was brought in to win you games in April and hopefully May. Yeah, I remember he, uh, last year when he, he was, was at the Avalanche, he had 10 points in seven games. Yep. And against, this is, against the wild last yep, year. And this is exactly why you go out and get him. This is why you bring Yori Laterra over. You know, this is why this team made all these changes that they did to start the season. And it's now it's now time to put up or shut up. Um so, you know, we'll see. I do I think that this team has the chance to go all the way? I a hundred percent do. I thought the same thing last year. Um this team has to grow up now. This team has to take the step. You know, they've tried it by going out and getting the big free agent acquisition. Now they've tried it by staying the course all year long. Um, 
at some point you have to learn to swim, and that's where this team is. Yeah, I mean, they're at the point where that's. So I listen to a couple other podcasts. So one of the big ones I listen to is the Puck Podcast, which is uh, yeah, they do a they do all they're they're in based in the West Coast. They're in I think Los Angeles. So sure. one's a Kings fan, one's a Ducks fan. Right. So they you know, so one's really disappointed, and one is sort of excited. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, pretty much the one guy was like, you know what, I can't complain because yeah, they missed this year, but Jesus, they won two of the last three cups. Yeah. Been on a great ride for the last three years. Sure. So I really, they went to you know the Western Conference Finals and two Stanley Cups. What I mean, I really shouldn't complain. I agree. I would. The Blues did that. There are twenty nine. I think every team aside from Chicago would say that they would trade their last three seasons for that. Yeah. So I mean, so they when they pick the uh, Blues and Wild. They were just saying, like, I really want to pick the Blues, but I just don't – I can't do it because they just – they seem like they can't get their monkey off their back. Yeah. And that's why I don't think – that. Uh, and he's like, I can't pick them until I see them actually get the monkey off their back. And it's and it's like, okay, When do you I, think I, that I monkey it. goes away? Is yeah, it after that's, that's Is it after idea. a first-round win or is it after a second-round win? I say second-round win. To me. Three years ago, the Blues went to the second round. Correct, and gotten smoked. Torched by the Kings. Well, I mean, if you look at that series, I think every game was a one-goal game except for the second thing, and they just couldn't score goals to Correct. save their life. That's the problem, which is why we talked about Stasny and Latera. I agree. Are in. So, anyway, let's get into our Blues first round here. So, we get to play, as we talked about, the Minnesota Wild. Yep. A team that is... It was a pretty, very sexy preseason pick. Yes. And struggled mightily in the first half of the year. Yes, and they are as of, I think it was, in like I said, January 14th or 15th when uh, they acquired Devin Dubnik. They were 10 points out of a playoff spot in last in the Central. Yeah. And they wound up getting to the play basically where they were last year, the first wild card spot. Yep. And went on a tear because of really Devin did. Dubnik. So, Which is amazing. Uh, Give him that, man. Like, he's for, and Dubnik is first in, since that time in goaltending first and go, first in wins. Goals against... Second and tied for second in save percentage and first and second in shutouts since then. Yeah. So, I mean, the guy's been on an amazing run. My thing is, is just like eventually. That's going to come to an end. It's been such a long stretch. That's my thing, man. It's just like. I, I think that if you're, if you're normally not an elite goalie, that's my thing. It's like you were a guy who was getting like getting waved last year and nobody was picking you up. Correct. And now all of a sudden you've kind of found like you're on a hot streak. And I'm not trying to discount anything this guy has done because it's been an amazing year for him. And this guy, in my opinion, should be up for MVP of the league because oh, I agree. Because if it wasn't for that guy, the Minnesota Wild, Wilds are, they would dead. not be in there. Yep. They would, or if they would be, it would, they maybe, maybe would have got that. Now, if you look at the points, they really wouldn't have been. They would have had to go into pretty much the same stretch. Yeah. Which I don't know if Darcy Kemper would have done that. I don't think he would have. Or Josh Harding, who got sent down to the minors. And look at that guy. I feel bad for him to a degree because he was, if he didn't, what, he would break his leg or his yeah. arm or what the hell happened to him in the preseason, he would have got called up. And who knows yep. if they would have made that trade, you know? I the two things that that I think um, are going to happen to Kemper or not Kemper uh, to to Dubnik is number one, he's essentially aside from the Nashville game played forty games in a row. He's going to get tired. Yeah, he's basically thirty. <clears throat> he's played what thirty nine of the last forty like games. 40, yep. Okay, and so basically, well, was out of the third period right. of the Blues game. So you want to say let's just say thirty nine of forty just to make um, it easy. The second is. You're not going to go into a series where you're playing the same team over and over again. I think that the Blues, as you saw last Sunday or last Saturday, um, started to find the weaknesses in Dubnik and exploit them. I think over a seven-game series, that becomes more so. 
I think I think over seven games you're gonna wear a guy down. Like if you might see a, a guy every once in a while, and you're not used to him, and he's on a hot streak. Look at Pavlik. Like Pavlik, we, I know. we lit lit him up like the game before that, and scored that weak ass goal against him. Yep. And then you he, see, and then you see went the next on a run. game, and then he was shut us out, and we played really well against us. So. Yeah. I I you know it's funny that despite the fact that Dubnik is the toast of the NHL when it comes to goaltending right now. And that, you know, there's still the same question marks with the Blues that there always be there always always been around goaltending. I really think that regardless of who the Blues start, and as of the time of recording, which is Monday night, mm-hmm. um, it is unknown. Hitchcock but he, has but he did pump up out Brian. Yeah, he did kind that. of show his hand a little bit. I think whoever starts against the Wild is the better goaltender. Well, I'll, I'll throw it on you now before we get further into it. Who's your game one starter? I go with Jake Allen. I say the hot hand. Uh, I mean, the I way the he's hand. played, man. I'm more. It's not. It's nothing against like what. It's, I think it's, that it's you not go, a name. It's more like what have you done for me lately? I agree. Elliot, if Elliot was on a streak and Allen was struggling, say the same thing. I think had Elliot not had that game in Dallas, there's no controversy. I think if he just had a solid game, I think he just had maybe a two goal game, or you know, if he played in Dallas the way he played against Minnesota. It's no contest. Yeah, but it's he's, Brian yeah in the last six, he's two, three, and one. The two wins are the Wild game and the Dallas game. And the Dallas game, pretty much, was just because the Blues outscored Dallas because right. Barry Lettman played even crappier, which is amazing. Which is hard was hard to do. Yeah. So I mean, the Blues, you know, and he had a, um, an eighty-eight save percentage and almost a four goals against. You, you know, can't have that in the playoffs. I would say that you start Allen. Um, I think that leash is short. Yeah, I would say like if you're struggling, man, like there's no reason. And I think I also think mentally, I think almost it's better for Brian Elliott to come in off the bench because I mean that's just if you look at historically every time when he's like kind of come in and not been the number one guy. Yeah, it seems like he's always been better in my opinion. Like I wish I had numbers to back this theory up, sure. but just by watching and seeing, like it seems like every time when he's kind of the underdog, it's almost been better when he's not been the the guy. Right. Like even the year that we lost the Kings in uh, the sweep, he kind of was thrown in there, you know, because of an injury or whatever. Right, because a lot got hurt. Um, and, and he that, won and us. That, and that was a lack of scoring. That's that's right. That, that well, scene. And he, he was playing well that thing, so I think he was fine that one. Then when he was the number one guy in the next time against the Kings, he let in that one goal against Penner, and then a couple yeah. other goals that were mm, semi questionable. But I mean, they were backbreakers, though. Yeah. And you can't have those games. And that's and that's always been my complaint with Elliot is that, especially in the playoffs, it seems like he will burn you at the worst possible time. Yep, he'll make he'll make saves left and right for fifty eight minutes, and then the last two minutes, if if something can go wrong, it's almost like he just has the worst luck when it comes to the last two minutes of a game. Yep, so. And looks like, according to practice today, your lines are going to be uh, a little bit different than we've seen all year. So the, your, I guess, quote unquote, top line is going to be Stasny at the center with Oshie and Steen on the wings. They've been playing well, man. They've had yeah, 10 points they in the game, so you really can't argue. The third, uh, second slash third, whatever you're going to call it, line. The second line is going to Latera in the middle with Tarasenko and Steen, which played very well the last game against the Wild. Yeah. Your third line is going to be kind of your shutdown line, I think, or your line that's going to be your quote tough line. Go out and hit some guys, make them work for it line. Backus in the center with Berglund and Yaskin on the wings. I got to be honest, I think that line is fantastic. 
Berglund I love Bacchus. Possession. I no. love Bacchus. He's not a number one center. I think he on on that line gives him the ability to still score, but he's such a big body and he throws it around so well that you put him with two other guys like Berglund and Yaskin. Dude, I think that line can shut down lines and put points on the board. Yep. So then the last line is going to be uh, Gok in the center, Gotch, whatever you call and then Ott on one wing and Reeves on the other, which is uh, expected. Yep. So that's your forwards, which I love those. I mean, I, yeah, that setup is such a deep I – mean, your third line is like with David Backus, who is one of the you know best two-way centers. I agree. And it's crazy that we can – you know, anywhere near those three lines is like – Interchange, not interchangeable, but it's like you don't know who your number one line is, really. No, and that's the great. thing is, you know, you call them first line, second line, third line, and they're really, they're really not a third line. Third it's line it's like first number, line number A, B, line. and C. Yeah. Um, you know, it it sort of surprises me not to see the STL line together. Um, and I would imagine if there's an adjustment to be made, that's the first one. Yeah, there'll be a flip back to that, you know, which I which I would be surprised. Honestly. Um, but I think I think that line has got Stastny going. I agree, which I think is a key thing. I think if you have him going and he's winning fifty seven percent of his face offs right now, yep. I think you got to stick with it for right now. So uh, and then I guess let's go with the uh, defensive uh, pairings, which I thought was semi interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, your first one, which is I think the most interesting, was Petrangelo and Gunnarsson. Yep. Second one was Shattenkirk and Jackman. Yeah. Your third one was McCulloch and uh Bowmeister. Bowmeister. I don't I thought, hate that. I'll be honest, like I'm surprised I I guess I'm kind of surprised Bortuzzo wasn't in there, but uh Hitch said the lines aren't set in stone. He just wanted to get a look today and he'll get another and he'll do another look. They're off. I think they're off or doing an optional tomorrow, but he's yeah. going to get a closer look on Wednesday and make his decision on Wednesday. So I was semi surprised that Bortuzzo wasn't in, but um you know, maybe the, maybe he does have an injury, but he was an extra. He was skating. It wasn't like he wasn't sure. skating. Butler was skating, you know, and then uh, Jokinen, Ratty, and uh, uh, Porter were all extras. Right. Uh, it was re- a couple things that were revealed this week slash today. Ratty is not getting sent down. Great. They said he's done very well. And he's gonna I agree. A, he's going to be a black ace. Uh, he might, he, according to Hitch, which is his usual line, he's available for selection. So apparently he's impressed them enough i i think differently i think i'd rather send them to chicago and let them get plenty of ice time and if you i guess they're trying to save a call up i guess in case things happen sure because yeah i think they only have three more they can do right so in case you know defense gets hurt you bring limbaum up or so on and so forth another thing that was oh, you got something nope or, okay, go ahead sorry uh but another thing that was revealed too was that the blues plan on bringing up slash bringing over to the team a couple of prospects uh, Ivan Barbashev and Robbie Fabry will be joining the team once their junior years, junior seasons are done. But I didn't think that those guys were eligible to join the big squad this year. Yes, anybody is technically if you're past 18 years old, you're eligible to join the team, which both of them are. Because remember, Fabry almost made the team. Right, you're eligible, but your contract won't kick in until you play nine games. Okay, so nine games of anything. So, but technically, you could bring. I was a big proponent of bringing Fabry in for like an eight game trial, nine game trial, and then, right. Let's go. We should do with Petro. Yeah. So I was a fan of doing that, but obviously they said it'd be more season to go to junior. So basically, it was revealed that they had to bring these guys in to be quote unquote the black aces, so practice squad guys, get a feel of playoff hockey, pretty much. Sure. So that's pretty much what they're going to be there for. 
Don't expect to see them on the ice. I would. They'd have to be Blues would be pretty ravaged by injuries. I think there'd have to be a good three to four injuries before you'd see one of those guys in, and then they'd yep. have to be two significant guys. Not like not to down these guys, but not nobody like a, a Berglin, Ott, Gosh, right. Reeves type guy. You're talking like a skilled guy for a skill. Oh, guy. I agree. I, you know, I don't think bringing Robbie Fabry in and putting him on the fourth line helps anybody. Yeah. So not now, at least. You're at the point where. Some of these guys have been here since, you know, like Porter and all of them guys have been since October. Like, that's right. kind of a slap in the face to a degree. Sure. So, anyway, but those guys will probably more than likely be joining the team after their junior season is done. Both that's of fine. Them, both of them are in the second round. Um, Barbashev's team has been picked, you know, to kind of go far cause just because of matchup-wise. Right. So, he uh, will, might not be a team as soon, but apparently uh, Robbie Faber's team is playing Connor McDavid's team. Yeah, McDavid, good luck. McDavid put five up on him the other I night. I saw that. So, oh, my God. So he might be joining the team sooner than expected. So Blues, have the, I think, will have their hands full against the uh, Wild. I do, too. I think that these guys are very evenly matched. I think that the Blues are slightly deeper, uh, especially compared to a year ago. Um, I think that when it comes to the Minnesota Wild, for me <laughs> – the the player to watch in the series mm-hmm. is Chris Stewart. Mm-hmm. Chris Stewart plays well when he has something to prove, and chip you, on our you better believe Chris Stewart is ready to play against the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, the first game he played against us when he scored that breakaway goal, I don't think it was very noticeable. Yeah, that last game that he played with us, not as much. Didn't really notice him. So, uh, Wild fans have been going crazy over him. So did we when we first got him from Colorado. That's what I mean, I'm just waiting to see. Like, uh, is it going to be the Chris Stewart of Avalanche Day slash early Blues days? Or going to be see the Chris Stewart of the late Blues days slash Buffalo days? I would imagine that he's going to get up to play these games. I think so too. So I think uh, that's they're going to be a wild card on their team for sure. Yep. Um, because you get him going, I mean they got, I mean they got enough. Like a lot, of, like you said, a lot of people. I'm looking at NHL.com right now, and honestly, out of the eight guys, everybody split four have the, excuse me, ten guys, five have the Wild, five have the Blues going yeah. on, and nobody has the Blues win the cup yet. Seven out of ten have picked the Chicago Blackhawks to win the. Of course, because it's Chicago. I just don't get it, man. I really don't. But anyway, uh, I'll tell you right now, it wouldn't surprise me if Chicago goes out in the first. But if Nashville catches fire, I remember us when we looked really bad going into last year, and then we then we kicked it in those first two games and got that overtime goal, and yep. then got the well, those two overtime goals, yep. and we wound up winning, um, and pushed them back. You know, and then, the the key to that series is one man, Pekka Rene. Yep, if he plays like he he plays like pre All Star break, yep, pre injury or whatever it was, You're, they're golden. He's fine. If you don't, and then they get their scoring, um, they just gotta get their scoring. Like that's what they've been struggling with. But anyway, um, so like I said, our predictions for the Blue Series we will be revealing on the John and Kane show. Yep, pretty Thursday fair, morning. I mean, pretty simple. You know, we know you know the team will pick. But right, yeah, I don't think there's gonna be any surprise on who we're gonna pick. But, but we'll, we'll, we'll break games, it down uh, games and why we think that many games and stuff. Yeah. So um, I would say, you know, I said Stewart's my guy to watch for Minnesota. I think it's it's Stasny for the Blues. You know, this yep. is this is why he got that contract. And he's been known as a playoff guy his whole career. Um, I mean, you said it earlier, 10 points in that series last year against the Minnesota Wild. Yep. Um, you know, this is this is the money time for him. And, you know, this is the guy that hopefully 
gets the Blues over the hump. Yep. So we just did like our quick little preview of the Blues Wild Series there. Um, so this week, a little before we get into the rest of the NHL, just to give everybody kind of, oh, I'll get to that later. What the heck? I'll let everybody know what's going on this week after we finish the little preview. Sure. We've got a ton of stuff going on this week. Very busy. So we'll go through the rest of these matchups real quick and give you our picks for these. We won't, sure. We won't do a complete breakdown because that would take a long time. And Correct. I've been up since 4.50. So. Correct. So the first one, like we alluded to, was Nashville versus the Chicago Blackhawks. Well, if you would ask me 24 hours ago, I would have said Nashville 100%. However, uh, it's, about it's been a couple hours ago. Yep, that uh, Patrick Kane has been cleared for contact and skated today in full practice and should be ready to go for game one. I think that, oh, God, um, the way that Nashville's been playing down the stretch really bothers me. But Chicago hasn't looked good either. They've been struggling to score quite a bit. Both of these teams really kind of backed into the playoffs, and I think Chicago's lost four straight? Uh, Three. Did they win against Colorado? Yes. Okay, so they've lost three of four. Um, You know, Nashville has home ice, which is big. I'm going to say Chicago, but I'll say Chicago in seven. Uh, And I could very easily be wrong. You're reading my mind. Um, Yeah, like I said, if Nashville wasn't on such a losing streak, it would make this a lot easier for me to pick them. Like we said, Rene needs to be on top of his game. They need to uh, go back to the way they were playing with the tight defense and then the timely scoring. Yep. Seems like they weren't really getting that the last couple weeks. So... I just think just because Chicago's had trouble scoring and Nashville, though traditionally has been a good defensive team, and the, but they've kind of slightly loosened up this year. Yeah. Um, I really think that this is going to be one of the more interesting series to watch compared to some of the other ones. I agree. There. But uh, I'm going to go with – Was um, it was it two years ago that this series went seven games? Yeah, which is what I'm going to say again. I'm going to say – the Preds are going to unfortunately fall in this one. Yeah, and but I'm going to go once again in seven because the uh, uh, Chicago has been a decent road team, so I really think that uh, they'll steal the game seven there. But uh, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I hope I'm wrong too. Do you see some of the Nashville uh, things that they're going to be doing to try to keep some of the Blackhawks fans out? Good luck. So first off, they had uh, they're trying the whole if you had to be like a Tennessee resident to buy tickets. Huh. So there's got to be rules against that. Yeah. Well, apparently that's what Florida was doing too. I think wow. Florida, Florida, but maybe Tampa Bay or whoever it was. But, uh, anyway, they, uh, next thing they're doing, they were telling, because apparently a lot of fans were not happy, which I don't, I, I know it's tradition. That's why we blues have their fans have their own traditions. So sure. I don't knock the Chicago one. I don't like it, but like cheering through the national anthem. Yeah. I just, I just feel it's very disrespectful. I do too. But, it's, it's the tradition, tradition, so I let them. So that's why it's, it's let them do their thing. So apparently, like Nashville has said, they want their fans instead of like trying to yell at the uh, Chicago fans if they come to the game or something. You know, so there's no like I guess fights or whatever will happen because of it. They want Nashville fans to sing as loud as they can, so that would drown out the cheering. Okay. Okay. So good thing there. So I really oh, hope that I'm done happen. with that. I, I kind of want to watch the first game to see if that happens. Though. Sure. So I might even watch the whole first game and just watch that. Yeah. To see what happens. So the first game. So we go with Chicago. Unfortunately, moving on in seven with both our picks. And this is the my uh, we'll go with upset special of the uh, first round. The Ducks and Winnipeg. Oh, dude, for real. I think a Winnipeg. lot of people are really picking the Jets here. I think the Jets just are. 
on a on a roll. B the Ducks as much as they have the 109 points, man. It don't seem like they're kind of like as much as people say that. Unfortunately, the Ducks have won a cup. They've been very average down the if stretch. You say, if you say the the Ducks, they've always had a very good regular season and seen the fall in the playoffs mm-hmm. just as much as the Blues. Yep. If we had a cup and they we would, they would bleed in the same footing as the Ducks. Yeah, I agree. So unfortunately, Anaheim has that. Uh, you know, cup with our you know our defenseman. Um, win it. The the to make a baseball analogy, uh, the Anaheim Ducks are the Atlanta Braves. Yep, they're they're in the hunt every year, but they only came through once. Yep. So we'll see what happens with uh, that series. But I, once again, thinking this is going to be a long series. I can't wait to see the first game in Winnipeg and see the whiteout. That's why I'm going to watch that one for sure. Whenever that uh, they tried happens. to bring it back in in Arizona and it it's wasn't the same. the same. The people who are listen to this podcast who may be too young to remember the original Winnipeg Jets, you ain't seen nothing until you've seen the whiteout in Winnipeg. Twenty years they have not had a playoff. Game Holy there. crap, man! That 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 game. Do you see what tickets are going for for that thing? I couldn't even imagine. It's like it's their Super Bowl. Any like I I just this at the. Uh, Lowest ticket cost for any of the Canadian uh, games. So there's five Canadian teams that are in the playoffs. Which I'm stoked about. So all over $100. This is American. All over $100. Right. The Winnipeg game, $648 wow. for the lowest. That was the lowest price. I'm assuming that's resale value, not face value. Oh, right. it, was like, it was like StubHub. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like $648. Jeez. That's crazy, man. That's the first round. First round. Could you imagine if they keep advancing? Man, if you were at a Stanley Cup Dude, final, that thing would be like about five thousand dollars. I would say at least I was like two thousand at least. But you know, you might be right though. So the so we're looking at the first round we're picking right now the Blackhawks and the Jets to move on. I say Jets and six. Well six, all right. I said seven. So we'll move on to the other uh Western Conference series. The one I think is not going to get a lot of hype, honestly. Of all, it's going to get lost in the shuffle. Of all the other, the other three are like a lot of people are talking about, and this seems to be the lost kind of series in the Western yeah. Conference: the uh, Vancouver Canucks against the Calgary Flames. The Vancouver Canucks with a goaltending decision to make of themselves too. It, from things I was reading and listening to today, it's Eddie it sounds, Lack. It sounds like it's Eddie Lack. Yep. It sounds like they gave Miller the last game to kind of give him. Kind of like the people were comparing it to the Brian Elliott situation yeah. where you're given the established, I guess, veteran slash number one guy a game so at least semi-sharp or at least have a game going into the playoffs. Sure. Well, Miller's had a long layoff due to having an injury, and yep. he just came back, but Lack was playing so well they didn't put him in yet, and then they just gave Miller this last game to kind of give him uh, some reps, I guess. So I, I tell series, you, man. So this series is uh, – yeah, like I said, I'm, this is one that I'm least excited about of every series in yeah. the NHL. I, read it, I mean, I, I'll still watch it, but... I could really care less at the same time. It'd be I mean, where I'd have it on the background as I go to sleep. So it's probably dude, late every time. I really don't know who to pick. You know, like, I, I want to go with Vancouver because of the Sedins, but it's there, there's nothing compelling about that team that makes me go, they can beat Calgary. I really well, go ahead. Finish. I really want Calgary to win this series. Yeah, that's my thing. I, that's why I'm picking Calgary because I um, really want them to win. Yeah, I'm I'm picking Calgary as well, just because I think that the enthusiasm of being back in the playoffs will push them through. And I just I really I don't know, man. There's there's nothing about this Canucks team that makes me go. They got a they got a shot. 
I just feel like they floated around in a very average division. Yeah, because you're looking at they only basically, you know, were out of kept out of the playoffs by like six or seven points. Yeah. So I mean, like the Kings between the Kings and the, them were like only seven points. I mean, that's not that many because no. the Kings, if they won some games, they could easily push them down to the third spot. I agree. So um, I, I go Calgary. I'll say this one goes the distance as well. Calgary in seven. Mm. I'll say Calgary in six. I just think I like the youth and the uh, speed of the Flames and just the never say die kind of attitude, man. And they Jonas. Had, yeah, Jonas, Jonas Hiller came back and they gave Kyrie Ramo a game and he kind of didn't play that well the last game against the uh, Jets. But I think Jonas Hiller came back and uh, – played really well and i think he might be their number one going into the playoffs again yeah he played extremely we know he lost that game against us man but he that game could have been easily six seven to one yeah that's one of the few teams i really wanted to lose that like if we had a matchup like it won't it won't logistically happen like for the first round when I was, they were kind of figuring out playoff seating that was the only team i'm like i really want the flames because every time we played them it's just we like own them it was, it was just a matchup thing it was we played it was just, yeah i was really hoping that they were going to fall to a wild card i mean i like the makeup of the uh flames man but we just it was one of those things where we just matched up really well yep. against them and then we were always playing extremely well and really dominating most games against them yep let's go over to the east east side anyway east side <laughs> So the first game is my other, my I guess my Eastern Conference upset special: the Montreal Canadiens versus the Ottawa Senators. You're going Ottawa? Oh man, I'm, I'm enthralled by the Andrew Hammond story. Yeah, that so dude, am I. That I love the the hamburger, all the the hamburgers getting thrown, and that team just I, I just love a good story too. I, Me I, too. That's that's my thing. That's why I, that's why I really like the Calgary thing. I really kind of like the way the Jets have played and just. More in well, I think, so, but I think it's going to be a tough series. Still, the NHL is better served when more Canadian teams are in the playoffs. Yep, I mean having that many people up the, up north that are interested is even better. I mean, it may, it may hurt the U.S. or whatever, but at the end of the day, you lost a big market. You know, you lost L.A., but you picked up you know Montreal well, and Ottawa, yeah, you and lost, Calgary, yeah, yeah, true, and then you lost um, Boston as well. So you lost like, kind of two big U.S. markets. You got Chicago, you got the Rangers, you got the Correct. Islanders. Correct. I mean, you have you have markets. I'm saying, but you yeah. lost like kind of kind of stock and quote unquote stalwarts that have been sure. there over the last couple. Damn, years. Damn, you lost Pittsburgh. Yeah, we'll get into that. But so Canadians and Senators going in there. You have uh, Carey Price, who has won the most games uh, as a uh, any other Montreal Canadiens goalie has ever won in a, in a, in a year. Wow, you're talking about a, you know. <laughs> A, it's a lot of great goalies, a lot of great lineage there. Yep. And Carey Price is, has that record, which is crazy. So he's having a he's having an MVP slash. Uh, he's probably gonna win the Vesna. If he doesn't win the Vesna, that's a travesty. I agree. So he'll win that for sure. But um, so who are you thinking for this one? I go. I say the Senators in six. I would love to see the Senators win it. I just think that Montreal is too strong, uh, especially on the back end. Um, Praising. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have Carey Price, PK Subban. You got all these guys here who've, you know, they, they've kind of cut their teeth the last couple of years. Um, I think Montreal is just too much for them to handle, and uh, I'm going to go with the Canadians in six. Yep. So, uh, interesting kind of thing. So, a couple more. We have three more in the East, and then we'll be wrapping everything up here. So we'll go to the top seeds here, which we kind of alluded to. The Rangers and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh limping. To say the least. least. 
Um, I'm I'm gonna call it. I'm saying a sweep. Sweep. Rangers and yeah. four. Rangers and four. I have no confidence in Pittsburgh. I've watched them because they've had like a lot of the NBC games over the last week. Yeah. Just because they give them to those. Just at the end of the year, I knew they Pittsburgh would always get those games. Of course. Like on Easter, dude, they looked horrible. Against Malkin them. looks hurt. Malkin is still hurt, and he's come back just gutting through it. And then they don't have enough guys like David Perron, man. As much as I, I like that dude, he is just – what team is this dude going to fit in on? I know. Like, he does not look good out there with Crosby and stuff. He just looks kind of like a guy doing his own thing, which that's Again, how he is, man. That's how he is. Like, I mean, like, what team is going to – like, are you going to fit in on? And they gave up a first-rounder for him. People were saying, like, it was un, it was an unprotected pick. So let's say they lost, and that 1% they would have got from not going to play. Could have been a first-rounder. It was the first. I could have been the first overall. So, yeah, and that went to Edmonton. So imagine Edmonton getting Again. getting the number one overall, getting Connor McDavid off the Pittsburgh pick. Oh my god, I would have lost my s if that yeah. happened. But luckily, it didn't. Um, oh, there's already conspiracy theories going around. If you, I don't know if you saw. Oh that. yeah, the, with the, with L A. and Boston possibly getting like the number one pick now, just so the NHL can have like the Sagan day. Yeah. So anyway, um. I should pick the Rangers here, and I should pick the Rangers walking away. I don't know why you even remotely hesitant um, to not pick them. Because they haven't done – I mean, they went to the Stanley Cup final last year. It's true. And Rick Nash has finally just figured out that he can still be Rick Nash in a different uniform besides Columbus. And their defense is badass, man. The they are. like. There's every reason in the world to pick the Rangers – I'm calling the upset, and I'm calling Penguins in seven. I'm gonna choke you with this mic cord. I, dude, I, I know. I there's, there's just something about it. I, I feel like the Rangers. It's a trap. Yeah, I, I, I do. I just, I feel like the Ranger. I, you know what it is? It's the curse of the President's Trophy, dude. That's what some people I'm, were saying I'm too. Calling it every. It seems like every few years you have a team. St. Louis against San Jose, where the team has no business giving the other team any sort of a series. Yep. They should just step on them and squash them, and they don't. And I just feel like if any team is going to be that that second wild card that's going to come in and do it, it's going to be Cindy Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, they get Latang back and stuff. You never know, I guess. But, man, I just have zero confidence in that team right now. Again, it could very easily be a 4 nothing sweep for the Rangers. There's just something that makes me think that the Rangers aren't going to take the Penguins seriously and they're going to drop one or two early and just get in trouble and panic. Yeah, this is one of the few. The next series is one of the few that have, it's, it was unanimously picked. By all ten writers at the uh, uh, NHL dot com, even even somebody did actually take Pittsburgh, believe it or not. And that thing. see who who's crazy like me, Sean Rourke, Rourke, maybe you and me, Sean. <laughs> so Tampa Bay versus Detroit. Oh, put it on the board, Tampa in five. Yeah, that's pretty much what I was saying. I think Tampa just is play real. Like Detroit kind of struggled down the yep. – not as bad as Pittsburgh, but they weren't playing. And I best. believe that – They're um, not starting Jimmy Howard. No, they're not. What's his name? Peter like, Peter Morazic. Morazic, that's it. Yeah, he um, played, had a couple good games near the end, which had him – actually, all the wins they had near the end was him. Yeah. So – Dude, I just don't think that they don't – they don't have what it takes to keep up with Tampa speed. Um, and I, I think Tampa is going to beat them in 
five. Plus, Mike Babcock has to get ready for his Toronto Maple Leafs job. Correct. Since, since nobody works for Toronto Maple Leafs anymore, since everybody, nobody, everybody got fired. The only person still there is Brendan Shanahan, and that's it. He's like, just had a stack of pink slips coming out this morning. He's like, oh, paychecks? Nope, you're all fired. That's Here you right. go. He pulled an Oprah. <laughs> you get a pink slip, and you get a pink slip, and you get a pink slip. I mean, legit. Everybody like making it rain. Pink GM slips. GM down to the pro scouting department was all gone. All of you get out. I thought it was he just pulled hot. an Ari Gould for you guys who are uh, trash fans. Get the f um, out. <laughs> you gonna go see that when it comes out? I hated the show, but I love Ari Gold. I'll go see it. Yeah. I, I, I like the show, but I'm like I'm like one of those things where it's like oh, that ended a long time ago. Like I don't really think I could like jump back into it. I love thing. Ari Gold. Yes, true, and that's Jeremy Piven played that character extremely well. So we'll go with a couple more series here, and I have one one more actually. One more, two more. I'm looking at. It. Sorry, I am high. Anyway, oh, there we go. So Washington versus versus the Islanders. I mean, slap happy. So anyway, so go ahead. Um, I'm just going to do this just to help our friend who's going to come on the show. Right. Foreshadowing. Um, unfortunately, they limped down the uh, stretch here. The New York Islanders. Uh, I'm going with the Islanders in a seven. But I think Ovechkin is going to have a series. You think so? Oh yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be like. You have to if you stop if you stop Alexander Ovechkin and contain him to maybe one or two goals, the Islanders can win this series. I agree. If they let that dude go crazy, it's over. Um, I have more faith in Yaroslav Halak than I do in Holpe. Holpe's had a good year though, um, and I think that you know, even though it's a Barry Trotz team now. Just like the Blues, the Capitals seem to find new and inventive ways to F it up in the postseason. Yep. And, you know, I think that the Islanders are motivated. I think that they're motivated, A, to be back into the playoffs again. They damn near beat the Penguins last year. Yep, pretty close. Um, I think they're going to make a run. I don't think they're going to make it past the second, but I think they make a run uh, the last year and the Coliseum, and I'm going to pick the Islanders in seven. There you go. Right, like I said, I'll take the Islanders in six. I think it's going to happen. So the the Capitals have the home ice in that series. Tampa's got the home ice in that series. Montreal has the home ice, and the Rangers have home ice. Correct. And then for the West, the Blues obviously have home ice. Uh, Nashville has home ice. Vancouver has home ice. And Anaheim. And Anaheim has home ice. Uh, Anaheim has it throughout the the whole way in the West. Yep. Uh, the Rangers have it out throughout the whole East and East, and also the Rangers have it throughout the whole Stanley Cup. Stanley Cup as long as they're in it, since they have the the President's Trophy. Yep. The, the only Cup, two not teams. The President's Cup people. President's, President's Trophy. Because I've seen it. I've heard that. I make that mistake all the time. I know people say it all the time. I just one of those things where it's like, I know. It's like I don't want. I hate. I feel bad correcting people on stuff. And I'm like trophy. So, you know, the only two teams that the Blues would not have home ice against are the Ducks and the Rangers. Yep. So, uh, you get by those guys, and we should be good to go. So, let's uh, wrap it up here, because we're going on a little bit extra long show here, since we had a lot to go over. Indeed. So, if you want to get hold of us on Twitter, at BluesHockeyNHL, and my personal one is at JPMBluesFan21. My personal is at Hossapalooza. Also, we're available on the Facebooks at Blues hockey podcast to search it or it's facebook.com slash blues hockey podcast uh also if you want to get hold of our girl melissa 
Uh, they have a she has a Kickstarter going for her uh, little Missouri sports Redux thing. Yep. So uh, go ahead and hit that up. There's a lot of cool uh, rewards I saw. Yeah. So go ahead and get that. Um, some personalized photos, some like sign stuff. Some, like a, like you can a, get dinner with her. Yeah, a bunch of stuff. So, um, <laughs> sorry, it's just some stupid joke I was going to say, but I'll keep it to myself. It's at MSR Melissa Nicole. Correct. And then also on Instagram, Melissa Nicole, and Facebook, Melissa, Melissa Nicole. Nicole as well. 1L, 1S. Uh, also, let's go to the website, blueshockeypodcast.com, where you can find all those links. Correct. All her very nice pictures, all our old podcast. Also, go on to iTunes and uh, you know subscribe, and also give us a rating. Yeah. That's awesome. That'd be good. Rate us, fool. Yeah, let us know how awesome we are. Hey, hey, tell us how bad we are. Tell us we suck, too. Who cares? That's true. I care, but, I mean, just go ahead and say it. It's, a, it's America. That's right. It's America. You know, so. I can say it. So, and so then the also, Geneva Convention. Genius, <laughs> correct, it is. And so we have a ton of stuff going on this week. Indeed. I already had one thing this week, as we talked about at the top of the show on the Mulhole, which was cool. And it looks like that might be a weekly segment for the playoffs. playoffs. As long as the Blues are alive. Yes, so it looks like I will be on every... Uh, at least one more week. At least one more week. <laughs> so Sunday nights, I'll be going to bed hella early and be up really early. So, But... Uh, Tomorrow, we'll be recording, and then we'll be on Thursday morning, the John and Kane show yep. on IndioRadio.com. Correct. I-N-D-I-O Radio.com. Yep. And we'll be on there to give us you know, our little preview of the blues, a little more in-depth than we did here. You know, we did pretty decent here. Yeah. We're going to probably reiterate some points, but you'll get our official prediction. We'll be on the John and Kane show as our little exclusive to them, and then... Also, I had to move it tonight because I am super wiped. And we're going to have Brad Lee, who is with the St. Louis Game Time magazine, does yep. all the stuff with that. And like I've said before, we did I did a little giveaway before with a little subscription to that. And we had some people enter in. Cool. And we had that done. And then uh, I had him on to talk about Game Time and also the Blues. Um, and then uh, our last one, which I'll be post, trying to post all this by the time. The Blues' first game, playoff game starts, but I will do my best. Uh, the last one we'll have is kind of a different, little different thing we'll be doing is our friend Dominic. Yep. Is, which I've alluded to before, which it just hasn't worked on logistically, is a big uh, Islanders fan and actually has a Islanders website, uh, Lighthouse Hockey, which the website's awesome. It has a lot of good articles on it. Um, it does a very good job of just... All yeah, it's things really, Islanders. Yep, it, it's very st- statistically good and just in-depth breakdown and opinion good. Yeah, so he's kind of like the, I guess I want to say, head writer, honcho guy. Correct. Over there with a lot of different other people, so that's a good job. He's going to be on to talk about the Islanders. We'll probably I'll probably do a quick kind of like we did here. Yep. We'll preview every series. Maybe he'll help us with the East since he does sees a lot of the uh, Eastern Conference teams, so yep. obviously the Islanders. So we'll have that this week, and uh, I think that's everything, so jam-packed this week it's finally here it's finally yeah, playoff time so this is the thing that pretty much we've been waiting for since we first yeah got back in october that we pretty much i think if we had to go back and listen i bet you i think it's exactly what we said like well this is great but we kind of want to get to yeah, april let's just get to april let's get to april and see how things are and hopefully thursday's gonna be a big day buddy uh, thursday we got our we're back to defend our uh, championship uh, for hockey now do we have to get there early for a banner raising 
Uh, I believe that, to my knowledge, there's no banner raising. No, we don't get a banner for winning. Unless we make our own and kind of throw it to the ceiling with some silly putty. I'm cool with that. <laughs> oh, we can do that then. <laughs> but but uh, that's about it. So we have our game early at 6.30 and then in the morning at night and then haul home. I'm going to yep. come home because I want to be in the comfort of my home when I watch it because Me too. So I can I scream get, at the TV. I get too nervous and I, I pace a lot. Me too. I've been, I've been known to, when I've watched it at bars to get up and go walk around the bar when stuff's been going in the close game. I called a 22-year-old lady with her 65-year-old mother, both wearing Blackhawk shirts in a bar last year, uh, a couple of toothless whores during the game because they were cheering for the Blackhawks. It's not my proudest moment. Well, but it's a, it's a moment, But though. I think it was, shut up, you toothless whores. <laughs> that happened. My mom's really proud of me. Yeah, I think she would be. <laughs> I can, the thing is, I can see it happening. So, yeah, like we said, ton of stuff, a lot of yelling. Lots of yelling. Hopefully uh, good yelling this yeah. year. So I'm hoping that, depending on how things shake out, I was hoping, and I really was, but unfortunately, we... Um, I was trying to do something for Saturday's game. Yeah, to go down and tailgate and stuff. I made the unfortunate thing of telling a friend I would they're going to the Cardinals game and I'm going to be babysitting oh. an infant on Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon. So while the game was going on, I will have you're on my, baby duty, my buddy baby Hugh right here on the couch watching the game. Hell yes! So I told I told my buddy I said he's wearing blue stuff. He's not wearing Cardinal stuff because that's not important. That's right. It's April. No one cares about baseball. Correct. Except for the – they win today anyway? Uh, yes. Okay. We'll say yes. <laughs> anyway. All right. Thanks for listening. And remember to check out all the stuff. The Mole Hole. Look for it on Facebook. Uh, and then John and Kane, IndiaRadio.com. Also on TuneIn app. Then ours. Well, everything's on iTunes. Everything's going to be on iTunes, and I'm posting them all as separate things. You'll have this episode as one. You'll have the Bradley episode as another one, and you'll have the Lighthouse Hockey with uh, Dominic as the other one. Sweet. Jam-packed, buddy. All right. We're out. We'll talk to you guys next Playoff time. Playoff hockey time. See you.